Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one of Zion's Finest, a Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast. My name is Kenny Brown. Some of you might remember my, me and this group of brothers who are going to be doing this podcast. We were heavily involved in a previous Star Wars miniatures kind of game called Star Wars Imperial Assault. It was run by FFG. It was awesome. And FFG did what FFG does best, which is kill that which you, which you love. Um, so we, we started a podcast. We played a ton of Imperial Assault. We loved that community. We had so much fun with it. FFG quit supporting the game. And so eventually we obviously we quit the podcast, got out of the scene. There's still a group of dedicated, awesome people keeping the game going called the IACP, the IA Continuity Project. You can actually get information for that on the Slack. The rest of us, though, kind of spun off and just became more casual. Some of us got into MCP, which we'll be discussing in this podcast. Others, just, we played Star Wars Destiny until, again, FFG did what FFG does best. We played board games. You know, we just had fun. Um, but with the announcement of Shatterpoint, we have decided to get back into the gaming scene, and we are so excited for it. I... Uh, I'm doing this intro for the podcast just to give a little bit of an overview in terms of what we're hoping to do with the podcast and also to apologize. We, we've been away from this for a few years and so the episode in terms of the quality we're working on it, we're, we're going to get it figured out. I just want to give everyone the proviso that we are thrilled to be doing this and be patient with us as we're figuring it out. So just so everyone knows, this podcast, what we're hoping to do with it is kind of what we did with the Imperial Assault community is have a podcast that's mostly focused on strategy, micro strategy, macro strategy, list building, meta analysis, um, kind of just or helping players improve the game. But we want it to be accessible. We want it to be accessible for new players. We really want to be accessible for new players, especially at this stage in the game where we've just had the release. But also what we wanna do is make this a resource for people who are just passionate about the game so that they can go and have an opportunity to listen to um, other opinions and viewpoints in terms of what they could be doing. And we think that it'll be a really fun thing for um, for everyone to get involved with. Also, like I said earlier, we have a Slack, which is kind of like Discord. We we prefer it to Discord. I mean, there's obviously there are differences in terms of how it works. I'm going to include a link in the show notes to how you can join our Slack. So if just think about it. It's just like Discord. You're going to hop in the you're going to hop in the Slack, and we are going to have these Shatterpoint channels that where we are discussing list building strategy rules, just everything that, that's going on with the game. It's a really fun community. Slack is, it's been a, we started it as an Imperial Assault thing, and then it just became kind of just a general forum for board games, for just everything. I mean, we it, it's just kind of an online space that we live in and have a ton of fun with. But obviously with Shatterpoint, we're hoping to really focus in on making it a resource for people who are looking to get more involved with the game. We'd love it if you would join us. So, what, what this episode is going to be, it's going to be me with two of my brothers, uh, Samuel Sweeten and Matthew Scott Richards. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be discussing um, kind of our background in the game. Matt is going to talk about some of our, we're, we're a group that's based in Utah, northern Utah. And after Imperial Assault, some of us got into MCP. Matt's going to talk about that a little bit. Sam, who is our local savant, he has been playing 
Shatter, MCP and Shatterpoint for a while. Um, Sh Shatterpoint, the reason why is he's just been able to get more games and then everyone, he works at a game store and has just had a lot of time to think, stew over the game. He's, he was also, he was very good in the Imperial Assault community when MCP started. He was very involved and very good in that community. So like he, he's he's got his chops. So he's going to give just a general overview of some primary units, the primary units, the six primary units that are out for players that are new and just, it, I mean, for me, I am obviously new to the game along with everybody else, but there's just so much to take in on the uptake. Sam is going to give some information regarding what primary units are trying to do. After that, we're going to discuss a recent tournament that we had. Um, it was a just a standard Swiss tournament uh, at the store hosted by Sam, actually, in Logan, Utah. It was so much fun. We had 10 players show up, I believe. Um, so we had a it was a three-round Swiss. We didn't have a turn or a cut or anything like that. But it was just a really fun intro tournament. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're just going to talk about just general list building, what we're excited for, everything like that. We really want to make this podcast something that you enjoy listening to. And if you have feedback, we would love to have it. You can just drop us a line on the Slack. And obviously, we'd, we'd love to discuss that. So without any further ado, I'm going to turn it over to my brothers. And I will see you on the flip side. So after after the official support for uh, Imperial Assault ended, we weren't really sure where we were going to go, and we, we kind of just floated between a couple of different... Uh, we played a lot of board games. Um, a couple of us um, started exploring Marvel Crisis Protocol. Um, Sam and I both played a decent amount. Sam more than myself, actually, of Mar Marvel Crisis Protocol. Kenny didn't. Um, we have a couple other members of our local community that got into it. Um, Really enjoyed that game, but overall, I at least was a very casual player. Um, Sam, I know you competed in some of the tabletop simulator leagues and did fairly well in Crisis Protocol. Oh, well, I just said I did a lot of the early TTS leagues. Um, I The first like four to five seasons, I was heavily evolved, had some top cut games that I made to the top cut a couple times there, but... The last year and a half, I haven't been near as involved. Absolutely. So, and I have been a very casual player um, just due to life circumstances, but I, I have been fairly involved in content or in terms of following content. You know, I, I listen to a fair number of podcasts and those kinds of things, and I have enough game experience. I think the main thing that we want to, to touch on is Marvel Crisis Protocol as a game that comes from the same design studio, you know, Atomic Mass Games, as as Shatterpoint, there are some things that carry over. Partially, I think the biggest thing there is going to just be the design ethos, you know, knowing that it's the same design team. I think that informs some of what we can maybe forecast into the future in terms of what we can expect going forward. And and I think that there are some game mechanisms that are shared. You know, the range rulers between both games are identical. And, and so there are some shared perspectives that I think that will allow Sam and I to speak to some things about Shatterpoint perhaps a little bit ahead of the curve as a result. However, there are a lot of things that we can tell already are very, very different. And so it's going to be important for us to kind of lay out those distinctions as we go forward. Excellent. Um, and as Matt said, him and Sam have a lot of background in terms of MCP. I, I should say, at the very least, they know what's going on, and obviously there's going to be a lot of things that's transitioning over. Sam in particular, since Shatterpoint has been spoiled and as as it's been released, Sam works at a local board game store, 
and has had a lot of experience with the game. So most of us, I mean, we've obviously been following spoilers and everything like that, but we might not have had as much table time or, you know, just general time, whereas Sam has been able to play a bunch of games, do a bunch of analysis. And what he's going to do is just give us a quick rundown of his well-informed thoughts concerning the pre preliminary thoughts concerning the strength of the, the primary unit. So Sam, take that away. Yeah, so I had a lot of opportunity to help demo the game to various um, players in the hobby space and a lot of opportunity to play with a lot of the primaries in the first wave. So I just kind of wanted to take a little, talk a little bit about each of them, what I think they're good at, what I think they're bad at. So starting off with uh, the light side of the force with Anakin, uh, I think he's the best offensive unit in the game, mostly because of his uh, I'm going to end this ability. Um, yeah. The fact that gains you extra momentum, that scores you an extra, well, it moves the, um, not, it moves, not gain you momentum, it moves the struggle tracker one more yep. closer to your side. Um, that's amazing. Um, that's probably the best part of his identity. Um, yep. Both of his stances are excellent, one for damage, one for displacement. Um, he's pretty flexible in list building, can kind of throw him in, in wherever, and you're only losing some heals on galactic characters if you're not bringing those. And having four force points is great. However, yep. he is dice reliant. Like he has no like automatic displacement force powers. So he's relying on dice to get shoves through or dice to wound people. And sometimes even with two attacks, D8s are, their variants can be wild and you can just whiff. <clears throat> um, also, he has kind of some not counters, but some checks. Ahsoka, Ahsoka and Dooku kind of both check him as they have ways to mitigate his damage, and he really wants to be hitting primary characters. And uh, so he has some weaker matchups. Yes. So Ahsoka's incredible, some of her strength, she's incredibly mobile, highly defensive, um, can interrupt your opponent's scoring with her identity that gives her out-of-turn movement, so that can be used to get onto a point that they thought they were going to score because they wounded one of your characters. Um, the out-of-turn recovery is super important as well. You can uh, help set up for a character you have in reserve who might be like pinned or strained, that she can help recover those offense. They can get a better activation. Um, and she has potential to wound enemies on their turn with a reactionary attack, which will just yep. end their turn, which is incredible. Um, She's also one of the most splashable primaries in the game. You can literally take her in any list with Separatists, with Mandos, with the Galactic Republic. She doesn't care. She's going to perform the same way in any list. She's going to be amazing. Um, however, some of her weaknesses are the best stuff she's doing is not on her turn. On her turn for a primary, her offense is relatively weak. Um, yeah. she She's not going to do as much damage or be as consistent in her shoves because she's just rolling less dice on her side that has more readily available shoves also she gets really shut down by strain strain um will deal three damage to her when she advances with her identity when she uses her deflect when she uses her melee reflect half the damage back i can't recall the, the i'm too fast for you or something yeah like I'm that. Too, yeah i'm too fast yep too fast yep. for you um and that can really really she doesn't have a large health pool so that three extra damage can uh really hurt 
Also, the lack of a force jump um, means you have to be really cognizant of where ladders are. Um, ingress yeah. points, those are super important for her. If not, she struggles to get on top of terrain. Yeah. Um, Maul, Maul, well, um, actually, I have one more light, light side. We got Obi-Wan. So Obi-Wan right. is amazing. Um, he, because of hello there, he can hit hard pretty consistently, though his damage is capped. I think he caps out at nine. Um, so he uh, can't just one-shot some of the bigger units. Um, his identity is an incredibly powerful buff, giving both a ton of extra dice um, to your defense rolls, to giving extra recovers and extra movements. Um, his order card manipulation is incredible. And he's relatively, he's not super force hungry. He needs, he wants to have like one force on his turn to make his hello there. And then yeah, his, his jump uh, and, and plus three dice attack. Yep. And then maybe wants one more to maybe reflect some damage back. Um, also, he has a tree that has three shoves and a pin on it on his Artaru tree, which is can just be some absurd control. Um, some of his weaknesses are he's not super splashable. You really need to be playing a Galactic Republic list to take advantage of his identity. Um, yeah. And then he does not have any force abilities to move people off points, which is a really big deal. Being able to have a guaranteed movement and not rely on dice is huge. Yeah. And so his control is dice reliant, and um, him not being super splashable or his and the capped damage of not being able to one-shot the biggest people are kind of some of his weaknesses. Um, if you look at Lord Maul, he is he has a lot of incredible things going on going on for him. He has guaranteed displacement with his um nowhere to hide. Of nowhere to run that gives a nowhere status condition that gives his extra gives him exposed. So his offense is gonna be even higher. He's incredibly high damage. He has incredible mobility um, on his, he has a ranged attack that has a reposition on his second step on his tree. So even from far away, he's going to be able to move and he has force speed. Um, his force economy is incredible. Um, and really the more damage he takes, the more consistent he becomes. It's not that he's going to be able to deal more damage back. He's just going to be able to deal more damage back consistently because he gets more dice. Um, yeah. He, and like Ahsoka, he can literally be put in any team, and he makes the force economy of that team better. Um, yeah. The the one thing that keeps him, I think, from just being, like, the best is that he only has two stamina, which means it's reasonable yep. for your opponent to remove him. It's hard to remove characters yes. in this game, especially those with three stamina. Um, two stamina is difficult enough, but... Uh, yep. He that's a major thing that he can be reasonably removed. And if you're spending damage on force, he's relatively squishy. Also, yeah. um, he doesn't have a force jump, so getting up elevation again, got to be wary of ladders. Great point. Um, Asage is um, a, kind of a more mobile version of Maul um, in many ways, but her force push gets people so much further away. She's incredibly mobile. Yeah, that's crazy. She is, um, with her identity, she's surprisingly good at recovering people. You know, just like getting those free heals to, to recover is really good. Um, also, it can let you refresh force, which is incredible. Um, 
she does a lot on her act activation. She is going to be one of your shatter point targets because she does so much on her turns. She can score you multiple points. Um, both of her trees are really good. One can give you like six damage and two shoves or a bunch of recovers, whereas the other can just load them up with status conditions. They can trigger her force push. Um, she's incredible. Uh, her weaknesses are she's kind of she's kind of frail for a primary. Like her defenses are. Her health pool's only nine. She doesn't really have any way yep. to mitigate damage. Um, yeah, she's incredibly force hungry too. Just she oh, yeah. wants to because use... her force pushes too. Yep. yep, she wants to use all the force, and if she gets wounded, yikes! Those force scots get expensive. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Dooku is um another incredible unit. Um, he makes the rest of your army more mobile because his tactics ability is just um it moves him and any you choose a separatist close to him, they both move. Um, both of his stances are super solid. One dishes out a lot of conditions and is better at ranged, and one gives you a lot of movement and shoves and is better in melee. And his defense is kind of incredible between both his ability to change crits to fit um hits to fails and then his one of his defensive expertise trees changes crits to fails and uh he can smack you back if he blocks all your hits or changes them all to fails um yeah. making him kind of scary to attack um and his identity is also incredible being able to re refresh force and giving you repositions whenever um, an opponent wounds one of your primaries or secondaries, allows you to stop them scoring um, or wound them. It, it does a lot of really cool stuff you can do with that. Um, some of his weaknesses are he's bad at getting up elevation. Again, he doesn't have a jump. And for a primary, yep. he's relatively slow because he doesn't have um, like a, a force ability that gives him like a jump or, a, or an advance. He just gets his dash. He makes up for that with yep. an early reposition on the very first step of one of his trees that he can trigger at range. Um, yeah. Again, he doesn't have guaranteed displacement. He's reliant on dice to get those shoves through. Um, and he really needs separatists around him to get his full value, so he's not super splashable. Um, but those are kind of like my initial takes of like, each of these are primaries are good at some things, but they have weaknesses in other spots. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting because this is something we can talk about as we talk about the tournament, but it feels like all of the leaders, all these primary units are good in different ways. Some feel, I mean, it seems like Dooku is really strong for what he does, and mm -hmm. Obi-Wan is really strong for what he does, but obviously like that's balanced in other ways. Like they both of them, if you're with Dooku, you really want to be in a separatist list. With Obi, you really want him to be with the clones. So, but it's it's kind of fun to feel that like nothing is clearly weaker or just oh this is absolutely busted. This is the strongest thing you could be doing. Yeah, I completely agree with that. That everyone feels strong in their own way. Yeah, which I absolutely love. Um, what we'll do now is let's talk about the, this tournament that we had. So this was at the Game Grid in Logan, Utah. It was hosted by Sam Store. It was an intro. I mean, it's a, a a tournament. It wasn't what was it called, Sam? The the true learning event what was what was that called uh the initiation event it wasn't an initiation event we just went straight to the tournament but um yep. which which was actually awesome because that just allowed us to do three rounds of swiss we didn't do any kind of a cut or anything like that uh, we had 10 players show up 
which was really fun. I mean, obviously the game is new, and for those of us who didn't play on Tabletop Simulator, we're still learning the game, experimenting. I mean, a lot of these people have got wargaming experience, so we're bringing that to the table. But it was it's really fun to be exploring the game with other players. What we're going to do now is we'll talk about the list that we ran. We're not going to give a play-by-play, but what instead what we're going to try and do... Let's talk about what the list that we built, what we what we were trying to do with them, the list strengths and weaknesses, um, and then maybe some ideas as to how to pilot these lists. I'll go first, then we'll go to Matt and then Sam. I was running Ahsoka, Asajj. Squad one was Ahsoka, Bo, and Clan Crease. The second squad was Asajj, Gar, and Super Commandos. And I wanted to run... Ahsoka is one of my most favorite characters in Star Wars. Her and Obi-Wan are the... Are, are, are my faves, so I knew I was going to be running them. And having played some games before the tournament, I felt that the thing that I wanted to be doing with Ahsoka in particular is getting in people's face. I mean, she is just an incredibly disruptive unit. She's very fast. She is not fun to attack. She can heal a lot of power. She's mitigating damage with her. What's the matter? Too fast for you. She's deflecting damage. She's just a very... She, it takes a lot to put damage onto her. So much so that, I mean, I, I think a lot of times you don't want to be really, you really don't want to be attacking her. There's got to be another target for you, which is awesome for her ability because that means that if you wound another character, then she's going to be able to jump on you and, you know, dice you up. So the idea was that she would be moving in with Bo and the Mandos in order to form just kind of, it's kind of a death ball. Uh, with Gar and Clan Krees in the back sniping, Bo and the Supers and Ahsoka getting into the front line, contesting a lot of points. And it was it's a it's a very fun list. It's very I would say it's a very forgiving list in a lot of ways because Bo, uh, I'm sorry, with the exception of Ahsoka, everybody has got a jump, which is excellent. So great for contesting objectives. And so it's a very forgiving list in terms of positioning. Which if you haven't played Marvel Crisis Protocol. Oh, it's so great to be able to have just kind of a, it's not a, it's just a way to help you learn how to contest objectives and that the jump just really assists you in doing that. And so the, the, the strengths of the list are it's consistent. Your guys are hitting hard at you. You've got close and long range threats. It's pretty defensive. The other thing is that Ahsoka, I'm sorry, Asajj is can be just sent off to do her own thing. As Sam said, she's got incredible displacement. And what that means is that she's largely self-contained. She can be going off, taking on a few units. She's not super defensible, as Sam said. Um, But if if you're putting her in a position where... They are your opponent's going to have to commit a lot of resources in order to wound her. You've kind of, she's already kind of done her job. She's force jumping around. She's fo- force pushing off. She just can soak up a lot, and she's largely self-contained. So the idea is that you've got Ahsoka and the Mandos as kind of your main force unit. Asajj is going off and doing her thing. Your list is hitting hard um, at, at close range and far away with your with the Mandos. It was a very fun list to to, to run. I would say the mistakes in terms of the, the things that I learned that, that I would avoid in the future is you want as much as possible to keep your mandos together. If they get separated from each other, then they, while they're able to do a lot of damage together, if they get away from bow or if they're off on their own and you're not really able to punish, they, they, they are just, they're just not going to be able to do very much, right? And that was a little bit... That, that was something that I learned as I was contesting objectives. Obviously, their force jump is awesome or their jetpack is awesome. 
in order to contest objectives, but you want to make sure that you're benefiting as much as you can from the synergies that your list is giving. And I, I had great success on Saturday and it was a ton of fun. So I would highly recommend that list. It's a great list for beginners. Uh, it's not as high of offense as having Maul, Anakin, and it's not even as defensive as lists like Dooku and Obi-Wan, but it was a very, very fun list to run. I think it's a great list for beginners to try as you're figuring out the game. Wonderful. So um, it, it's kind of funny. We didn't actually plan this at all, but we fortunately, each of us played two different leaders or two different primary units coming into the game, into the tournament. And so we're able to have this kind of breadth of experience, which is great. So I played uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan with uh, clones. So it was Anakin with Rex and 501st, and then Obi-Wan with the clone commander Cody and the 212th clone troopers. Um, I mean, I picked this list because I hadn't played them yet and it looked like a lot of fun synergies and I, I just wanted to get it to the table and you know give them a go um couple things that are very very interesting about the list i think um th so this is a list that is really built around obi-wan kenobi's knowledge and defense innate ability i i would say like more so than any other ability in the game this fe feels a lot like a leadership ability from marvel crisis protocol where you this is doing a thing for all of your galactic republic units um it's it's powering up your hunker tokens it is giving you additional uses for them and the clones are very clearly built to synergize heavily with hunker tokens they all have ways of gaining their own ones and you know and it, it's a really powerful effect um couple of things that are going on here that I think are really interesting to keep in mind if you're wanting to play this list. One, there are so many triggers in this list. Every single one of your units has some way to interact with your other units outside of their own activation. You have the concentrated fire triggers on the clone trooper supporting units. Uh, you have... Um, Cody is giving you re-rolls for your clone troopers uh, if they're shooting within range on their fails, which is not, like, that's the only re-roll effect in the game right now. It's very good, but you gotta remember to do it, and you gotta position to do it. Yeah. Rex is giving you yep. added mobility, and uh, he can interrupt to make attacks, that kind of a thing. And then Obi-Wan, you know, his, his powering up of hunker tokens, and then allowing you to spend them to heal and adjust your positioning uh, after getting attacked is just phenomenal but it is i would i so I, very early on i've only played a couple of games with it but it feels like a very high skill ceiling kind of a list you need to know in order to pilot this effectively you're going to need to know what are all of your triggers how do they all work and then how do you leverage those optimally and you're going to be spinning all of those plates in your brain every single activation the other thing that i will call out with this list is it is very very force hungry you know anakin brings an extra force point which is great so you're up to seven however um anakin is going to want to do his force jump and his um oh what is it this is it this is where the funny oh i'm going to end this where he can make an extra attack yep. for two force points so he's going to want to activate and spend three of those seven on his activation you're probably wanting to use your Shatterpoint card on him, and so you would love to have another three for him to activate. Obi-Wan's Hello there, which is a force jump, and then it adds three dice to his next to his attack during that activation, is phenomenal. You're going to want to use that every single time. 
and then all of your clone units, they have a defensive maneuver, which is a dash plus a hunker token, which is great. Um, they So you, you very conceivably would love to be spending 10 or 12 force points every single uh, cycle, and you just can't. Um, yeah. And so the way that I foresee this list, you know, because we have a couple of cool things going on here, um, but, well, let me back up. I think the main way that this list is quite a bit more fragile. The clone troopers only have seven health. They they generally want to be playing further back and kind of more centrally located so that all of their, you know, effects where they trigger range with they are within a certain range of each other can, can go off. And... And they are not the most durable. Hunker tokens help. The ability to heal and mitigate damage from Obi-Wan's leadership certainly helps. But it is you you have to you have to put very careful thought into how you're spending and utilizing those tools, or else it is very easy for you you, you to just get overwhelmed. Um with some of the things that we've been seen spoiled in like the Luminara box, where we've seen some of those spoilers, and we know that we also have um a Mace Windu pack coming in August uh, that has some more clones in it. And I think we know that there's a Plukoon box with Padawan Ahsoka, if you didn't get her in the promo, and then some other clones in there. So they're very clearly going to be building out the Galactic Republic synergies, both with Jedi and with clones. And I kind of expect this list as, as we move into the next couple of months to kind of split. So I think there's probably going to be a version of it where that is very Jedi-focused, where you're taking Obi-Wan and Anakin, probably Padawan Ahsoka, and then some of the other synergies, you know, maybe you're looking at Barriss, maybe you're looking at some other stuff, and you're really focusing on having huge activations with single units, and then just using clone trooper supporting units as kind of like, you need to be a little bit wide. And then I think there's the more all-in clone synergy because the clones themselves are very force point expensive too. So they have some anti-synergy with Anakin there. Um, yeah. But I, th I think that there's potential there as we get Luminara, as we get Mace. There's I think there's probably a version of this list where maybe in place of Anakin, you're running Ahsoka once you can play. You know, where you, because right now you don't want to play Ahsoka because you don't have a clone trooper option or a Galactic Republic option in addition to Cody and the 212 that fit that eight uh, squad point value. And so you're you're, you're yeah. kind of being Anakin because you have to play down anyway, and Anakin yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, the last thing that I will mention is that, like, I think in the current iteration, it is very Anakin-focused. So I think in this version of the list where you're running Anakin, you're using your Shatterpoint on Anakin every time. You're using Obi-Wan's abilities to control your cards, your order cards as they come out, to make sure that you're getting the right kind of Anakin activation. I think you want to be using Rex's free you know, dash at the start of his activation on Anakin to tee him up. And you're really looking to just ace an important figure with Anakin with his first or second activation and and you're really playing around that now, i think there are going to be iterations that are more clone trooper focused in the future but we will have to see overall it's a really fun list but i think it's there's a lot to juggle in your brain i do not recommend it necessarily as a learning list unless you're really excited about learning those synergies i think something like mandos are going to be a little bit more forgiving 
because yeah. the positioning demands here are really, really tight. Yeah, I like that. All right, so I played the Separatists. I had Dooku with uh, Jingo and Magna Guards, and then I took Maul with Kalani and the B1s. And uh, so kind of my thought behind this list is I wanted a list that had all the force in the world and could, uh, you know, I didn't have to worry kind of about force constraints. So I'm having seven force starting out. Um, Maul can take damage if he needs to instead of spending force. None of my second, none, I mean, none of my uh, supporting units are spending force unless the Magna Guards get wounded. And then uh, my, uh, then Kalani is not super force hungry, but Django does use a lot of force. So the, kind of the idea is here is I'm not spending a ton of force and I can have a lot of force to use on Django and on Dooku's reactive abilities. And then I have Maul and Django have guaranteed displacement abilities, so I can pull people off points with them. And then Kalani's just a, he is my repositioner, my force multiplier by just that extra dice makes up the droids hit so much more consistently. Um, but also, there's just a lot of help to chew through in this list. Like the, yeah. the supporting units have really high um, health values. Uh, the as do the uh, the the uh, secondaries. Um, that can just be hard for some lists to chew through that amount of of damage. Um, and Magna Guards helping provide cover to your, your uh, primaries and secondaries help with that as well. So it's really a, um, it's a list that's meant to be able to just kind of use your force how you want. Maul often will just spend force instead of taking damage in this list because you have a lot. That's, and you can that's keep, wild. And you can keep Maul alive longer. And having Maul alive yeah. is really important. Um, so it's it's a really interesting list that way, and both of your primaries have ranged options that have um, a reposition within the first two steps of their tree. So even if they get pushed away, they can still attack from range and likely move back up into the fray and do whatever they need to do. So it's um, the primaries are forgiving with positioning that way. You can really get a lot of movement on your droids between Kalani and the Magna Guard triggers um, when they follow Dooku around and uh, your your Dooku triggers. You can you can get a ton of movement out of them on like whenever somebody gets wounded, you can move one with your identity. Um, kind of some of the weaknesses of this list though is it's uh, the only way you're getting up elevation without ladders is Jingle Fett. So you really yeah. have to uh, play around those ingress points to get up to your objectives. Um, and then you, uh, the, um, <clears throat> some of the other things is like you're, you're not necessarily offering a lot of control um, status condition-wise from like your, your Magna Guards or from depending, like Dooku can put out a lot, and your droids, if you position them right, can, but Kalani doesn't do a ton of status conditions. Um, you're not really, like, putting control in that way. You're just putting in control via chuck and dice and getting damage. Um, so you're really trying to wound people and then have shove everybody kind of up on that middle line. Often what I was doing is um, that by around one, basically everyone's sitting up at that, that middle line um, yeah, 
just kind of holding that that center. I have a lot of health to chew through. The Magna Guards are annoying because they Anakin can't attack the guy he wants to attack. He has to hit a Magna Guard, stuff like that. Really help you be more more defensive. Um, some of the other weaknesses is really Kalani is such a lichpin of this list that if he gets shoved out of position, it's rough. Because um, he doesn't have movement that can move himself. Um, the only okay. other person offering him extra movement is Dooku. And so you'll often be moving Kalani with Dooku. Um, but he can, if he gets out of position, then you lose a lot of his effectiveness um, in being able to move other people at the start of his activation. Yeah, I mean, meaning, Sam, what you mean is like if someone, for example, is able to push Kalani back, his abilities, his um, Roger Rogers tactical network, each of these, I mean, the range is four, but. I mean, you can yeah. you can push him away so that he's not going to be able to do these things at the start of activations, right? Yes. So, like this, this, the start of activation things where it really hurts. That if he gets pushed away and doesn't trigger those, your droids just get a lot less movement. Um, yeah, that's and brutal. Really, besides the first round, I don't think you like hitting two is great, and hitting one you're fine if he just moves one guy. Yeah. Um, but if he hits zero, that's awful. And the first round, you want to hit three or four of your guys, depending on how your units activate. Um, but if he's hitting nothing, it's really rough. He gets force pushed out of there. His dice manipulation still affect the entire board, as long as you have two droids by each other. That's like a global effect. Oh, okay. They still get their extra dice. So. Oh, that's right. The The target concentrate all firepower says when an allied battle droid character makes an attack, if the targeted character is within four of one or more allied battle droid characters. So that doesn't require distance to Kalani, which is great. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, but it does feel like uh, you have kind of B1s and Magna Guards are kind of, they're good at, well, B1s are good at killing stuff. And that's about it, what they do. They just kill stuff. And then sit there and be kind of tanky, and Magna Guards will shove people away and be tanky. But you're really looking to kill stuff and then control people with Jingle Fett and uh, uh, Maul while you have this kind of really scary, tanky unit that nobody wants to attack in Dooku. Um, yeah. So it's a really interesting list. I think it's a ton of fun to play. I think that uh, if you, I think it, no, I think. It's kind of in the middle of the Mandalorians and the clones as far as how much positioning matters and um, new player friendliness. Like Mandos are definitely, I think, the most friendly repositioning-wise. I think clones are the most, um, the, the least friendly. And this, the Separatists kind of feel kind of in the middle of that. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, so with the six primary units that we have in the game right now, um, mm -hmm. the Asajj and Maul are kind of the two most interchangeable with each other because Anakin is seven, Obi-Wan is very faction locked, as is Dooku, and and so you those two can be kind of swapped in and out a little bit more comfortably. So I wanted to ask you about so you chose Maul for this list. Mm -hmm. um, Asajj has a lot of built-in separatist synergies. Would you consider running Asajj in place of him or even Ahsoka and like, what do you see as the potential trade-offs for like what the list is trying to do with those changes? Yeah, and let, let so, me uh, before before you answer, please. Sam. Before you answer, let me say the other the thing I was thinking about with this is because 
Asajj is so force hungry, but it seems like with Dooku and Jango that they kind of naturally complement that. They do. They, they they definitely do in some ways. Um, so, um, you know, so my thoughts going into this list, and I think it it paid off on kind of why I I took Maul is that um, Maul's. Uh, I really wanted to spend force on Jango Fett and on Dooku's defense. Because even with Dooku's, Dooku's refresh ability, if you were burning your, you, um, Asajj is a target you want to shatter point. She wants to be spending lots of force doing her thing a lot. Um, Dooku gets a lot less tanky when he doesn't have that force available. And he can be, rel and then if people can shoot down Dooku, that can be a, that can be a big problem for you. Um, and so I wanted to be able to maximize Dooku's reactive abilities. And so Maul going in there allows me to play Dooku as that defensive powerhouse instead of um, having to spend force on Asajj's control. Um, but I think Asajj, I think if there's a list for Asajj to really shine, it is with Dooku because of the force refreshing and with Django's force refreshing. Also, I really made this a very Django-focused list, and I wanted to have force to just every time they activate, pop pop a little bit of chip damage. So I would often, in setting up for rounds, I if I was like winning or knew I was going to lose, I would leave people on one health and put Django by them. And so there'd be multiple of my opponent's units left with one health because I decided not to go up all the way up the tree or something like that because you can stop wherever you want. And when they have this tough choice of like, I can't activate this unit without Django just immediately wounding me and ending my activation. It's so brutal. That is so brutal. Yeah, and so I just really wanted Force to make Django and Dooku shine. And that, that's why Maul, Maul was in this list. He still gave me displacement like Asajj does. It's kind of different because it pulls people in. But then uh, they can get smacked by Magna Guards or whatever else. Um, that's why I went with Maul. I think if you put in Asajj, your Force, even though you get a lot of Force, it becomes a lot more constricted. Because Asajj wants to be spending three to four Force a turn. Um... Um, you know, she's just wanting to use all this force, and you're going to be getting some back, but, and then Dooku really, when he gets attacked, he's going to, if he gets attacked twice, he's probably spending four force total or something like that, help keep him alive. Django wants to be spending three force a turn. You can start burning through force really quickly. Yeah, um, I kind of think when Kraken comes out, I think Asajj becomes a better fit in the list, because Django, even though he presses you force, is very force hungry. And Kraken's a lot less. So I really like Asajj in the all, all droids list. Um, I think Ahsoka is another really splashable one. I think she and Dooku really kind of fit the same role in a lot of ways, though. They kind of do the same thing. They're both defensive. They both have things that react when your guys get wounded. Um, they both want to be spending force in the same way. And I kind of wanted something different going on. I wanted more control uh, than, than Ahsoka offered, right? So... Um, my, I was deciding between Asajj and Maul, and I went with Maul to have that force to do my reactive things with Django and Dooku, and, uh, I really appreciate Maul's ranged attacks, too. Um, they came in clutch multiple times. Maul gets, Maul's kind of out of position, he can force speed, and then maybe he has to climb up on something because he can't jump, because he can't force jump, and then he throws his lightsaber, and as long as he gets two steps, he can get a, a reposition and get right back on my objective where he needed, even though he was pushed way out of the way. 
That is so, that's such a great point. The importance of obviously out of the, or these combat movements is something that it's difficult for your opponent to account for. And it's just so awesome in terms of how dynamic it makes the battles. What I want to do is I want everyone to, before we close out discussing things that we're excited to play, I want everyone to share the thing, the maybe the surprise, the biggest surprise of the tournament in terms, or from their list, what performed better or worse than they were expecting, um, what they learned from the tournament, and then we can transition over to what we're excited to be running. So I just want to say, for me, it was Gar Saxon, who... I knew I was going to love Ahsoka, and she was awesome, so there was no surprise there. But Gar Saxon is just a truck. He can hit from range, and he is doing tons of damage from from range 5, which I guess for your man, all of your Mandos are range 4 for their ranged attacks. Uh, Gar is range 5, and wow, he is hitting hard with his sharpshooter and the ability to prevent your opponents from betting benefiting from cover so he's good at taking out clones and he's just an extremely solid unit uh and i very much enjoyed running him i i don't think he's splashable because he you he wants to be with the, the mandos really want to be with each other uh but he when you're running that that mando list you are going to have a lot of fun with gar saxon so now what about you so i mean i think the biggest surprise for me um was I mean, this and this is this is maybe a weird way to phrase this, but is is the amount of space that Anakin is going to take up in your list if you're running him? So he he's he's a really yeah. powerful primary. Um, he's very force hungry, and what it means, I think, anytime you are playing Anakin, you in order to make him worth the inclusion, you really have to be thinking the entire game about. Where is your next Anakin activation coming from, and how do you set that up to to project and you know as much threat as possible to do as much damage as possible? I made the mistake the first two rounds of just spending too many force points on my clones, and and uh, and sort of trying to make my clones do the heavy lifting, which I think they potentially can do, but it but they it needs to be in a different list where you've got you know you have a more supportive primary. If you've got Anakin in the mix, if you're playing him, he can do incredible things, but you have to be investing into him and kind of using him as as your piece that's doing the most heavy lifting. Yeah, I think that's a great that's point awesome. about Anakin. Yeah, Anakin seems like, I mean, Matt and Sam have both discussed this, but Anakin seems like such a fun, high-ceiling character that you yeah. really got to figure out how to leverage the most yeah. out of that guy because he is going to suck up so much of your resource, so much of your resources. Yeah, he reminds me quite a bit of uh, Hulk from Marvel, Marvel Crisis Protocol in that he he's really fun to play. He is really great as a learning character because he just shows up and he does bonker stuff. Um, and yeah. It, but however, in order to use him in a competitive setting, you have to. You have to think of him not as like a battering ram that will just do work wherever you send him. You have to use him like a scalpel um, because you're investing, you are genuinely investing so much in bringing him because it limits, you know, it, it limits what secondary and supporting units you can take it. And if you, if you, it limits how you can spend your force. Cause if you spend your force elsewhere, he, he's just dead weight. And so, yeah, yeah, I think he's, he's really great to learn the game and to have a lot of fun. If you're planning to play him competitively, you have to be prepared to kind of twist your whole list around making him 
your your priority. Um, and I think that's pretty unique compared to the other five primaries. I 100% agree with that take on Anakin. I uh, think an Anakin list is an Anakin list first and foremost. Yeah, that's a great point. All right, Sam. He was the chosen one, after all. That's <laughs> yeah. right. That's true. Um, so, so two things that, that stood out to me. Um, beside, there were some things I already knew were great. Like, I had Django Fett was amazing, as he is has been. Um, and yeah. then, but some two things that, that surprised me. I had a lot of success through this tournament. And one is Dooku never got wounded. Um, because Yeah, that's um, wild, by the way. Yeah, so like Anakin comes in to, to smack him and the Magna Guards are there. Or, you know, he changes, people try to attack him and I change the hits to the, the fails and then I smack them back. And it's just, I had so much force available to do that all the time that Dooku was just never an appealing target. And he always yeah. had his Magna Guards with him and it was just so hard to get damage through. Um, and he even has some this. recovers on pretty early on his Force Mastery chart. Um, yeah, let me ask you, Sam. Um, when it comes to Dooku not getting wounded, how much of that is Dooku's defensive suite just genuinely punishing people for attacking him? And how much of that is just people deciding not to attack him for fear of that? Because I know that when you and I played, I just sort of looked at Dooku and said, like, there's no reason for me to attack him ever. I just kind of have to yield that space and focus my efforts elsewhere. So I just didn't even try. Yep. So it was a, it was a bit of both. One, um, I played I played against two Anakins. Um, one was your Anakin. One was the other Anakin. And one decided to avoid, and one decided to go after him. And um, neither, you know, the that was one reason to get wounded. When Anakin went after him, it's just I had enough force to, um, well, either the Magna Guards were there, and he had first had to deal with them, or I had enough force to knock down enough of his of his uh hits to to blanks and then punish anakin um in that anakin dooku fight the anakin dooku off i anakin got wounded three times and dooku zero i'm over the course of that game oh my gosh and so because i just had this force available and it was kind of like it was dooku and magna guards versus anakin and anakin just had trouble getting through all of that you know, um, yeah. and getting smacked back, and even if, if even if he tried to end this, he came up just short. Um, because Dooku can change crits to fails on his expertise chart too. So just so good, so what good. a phenomenal like thematic win there too. That that that, that in play interaction between Anakin and Dooku is just like the end of Attack of the Clones every single time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. love that. <laughs> no, I do. I think mean, Dooku... what... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, what's interesting is that um, with Anakin and Dooku, Dooku is tough to wound. I mean, Anakin's not easy to wound, but he is he's definitely not as defensive as Dooku is. And then once Anakin gets wounded, having to spend an extra force for all of that oh. stuff just makes it so that you are going to quickly approach the point at which you are the one who is losing trades. You know, even if, even if your damage output is, remains good you are going to be losing, just like your economy. Your economy is going to be suffering major hits, whereas Dooku is just going to have the resources to invest in, in slowing you down so that then they, whoever is running Dooku can start to uh, take, take advantage of the economy, or take advantage of the economy uh, edge that they've got on you. Yeah. And I, I, 
I definitely think Dooku can go down. Like he's not invincible. Like you can just pepper Absolutely. him with sure. a bunch of shots, and uh, yeah, you know he's going to go down eventually. Or you know, one he could have one of the games the Anakin was smacking my Dooku. He could have taken my Dooku down, but he decided not to spend four force on I'm going to end this. He's like, I really need my last four force here to because <laughs> to do stuff on the other side of the board for his. Yeah. Um, Obi Wan and his uh, uh, 212 who hadn't activated yet, and were both yeah. wounded as well. Yeah. So he's yeah. like, I need the force to do other stuff. I can't just spend four to bring down Dooku. Um, yeah, and, especially just to wound him one time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to your so, point, Sam, I think that the, the, I mean, the nature of Dooku there is you were playing a very like a very banked force version of Dooku. You are running Maul rather than the force hungry Asajj. And so yep. you you were sort of leaning into like, I may not be spending all of my force every single cycle of my deck. However, having that stuff in the bank is a threat that allows me to really leverage Dooku to the maximum potential in the same way that having that force bank to spend with Anakin is about leveraging him. And so I think yeah. that there are other circumstances where if you're playing Dooku in a in a list that's less focused about running him, he's going to be less durable. And so if you're seeing yes. that on the other side of the table, you're really going to have to assess, you know, look at the force points and how you're planning to spending them in order to determine whether he's worth going after or not. I, I 100% agree with that assessment there, that in other lists, he's going to be a lot less tanky. And uh, um, I think another way when you're looking aside and assessing, like whether he's not he's going after... You can also decide to, like, even in a list like mine, say, like, you know what? What's more important here about Dooku? I know I'm not going to wound him. I just want to tax his force. I right. know Jango Fett's threatening. I can't let him do his force abilities. Or I want Maul to have to take Great extra point. damage. So attacking Dooku yep. can be less about dealing damage to Dooku, but taxing my force. Yeah, if you attack Dooku but and deal no damage, but he has to spend four force points to make you deal no damage, that's probably still a win. Um, especially yep. if you're ahead in the struggle already. If you're behind, yeah, you probably need to be point. doing something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely yeah, agree with that. Point. The the other thing that stand that stands out um, every time I play them are the B ones. I think uh, the B ones are just really tanky for three points. And sorry, yeah, ahead, the other sorry. thing I learned is that the B ones have protection, uh, which was really disappointing when. Um, I uh, had Obi-Wan fly up against Sam's B1s that were both contesting the same point and roll a 10 dice attack and max out that chart and deal exactly 9 damage, and I was feeling great, and then Sam was like, hey, sorry, they have protection, they just survived, with you dealt 8 damage to them. So, keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah, that's yeah. brutal. I was going to say, it's just really interesting in terms of how little advantages like that can just make such a difference, and knowing that is... Knowing that Obi-Wan cannot one-shot battle droids is going to make a huge difference in ter- in terms of how you're going to play out those games. And you definitely want to know those matchups. One thing I'd like to do in the future, not this episode, but is talk about, as we see as develops and we see what is strong, I would like to talk about how, how do we attack that list? How do we attack Dooku? I mean, we've mm-hmm. Sam and Matt have both brought up some really good points in terms of thinking about... You know, you're taxing his force or think about how they're using their force before assessing whether or not Dooku's the one you want to attack. I'd like to do that in the future because I think there's so much, as we're, again, we're learning this game, there's going to be so much that we're exploring that you want to know so that you can make those kind of optimal decisions and have fun while you're playing. So, yeah. 
one of the things I'll call out there, just kind of in general, coming to this game from, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more in depth later, but coming to this from a, a game like Marvel Crisis Protocol, or especially coming from something like Imperial Assault, uh, there is often in a skirmish managers game a very strong impulse to sort of be like, well, I just want to attack guys and remove them from the board. And yeah. this game is really different when it comes to that, right? If you max out somebody, they don't contest objectives anymore, but they still get to activate, even if they're on their last you know, cycling of their durability, they still will get a last activation and an ability to score on that turn before they go away. Um, it is genuinely really difficult and really rare to fully remove any figures in this game, even the, yes. the, most, uh, the most fragile ones. And really what you were looking to do is to temporarily take them out of out of circulation for contesting points. And there are a lot of different ways that you can do that to influence the board, right? It is a lot cheaper to shove somebody off a point than it is to wound them in most cases, right? And so in many cases, I think the temptation, especially if you're new to the game, is going to be, well, how do I kill stuff? Because killing stuff is fun and it's satisfying. And it's really nice to see those red tokens stack up. But... I think in order to be successful and in order to win this game, you really have to be thinking about like what is my most efficient path to to taxing my opponent? Can I tax their action economy? Can I tax their force points? Can I can I tax them? Can I force them to spend actions moving things instead of being able to focus or take cover or do other things? Like it is so much a game about developing those marginal advantages over time. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely agreed. Let's uh, close out talking about what we are most excited to run before we get the next wave coming down the line. Just uh, the next list, that, or not list, maybe the next unit, or maybe list that we're excited to explore. Sam, you want to start us off? Yeah, so um, something I'm excited to um, explore a bit more, something that I tinkered with a little bit, is a Dooku Anakin list. I uh, focusing on Anakin. It just has a lot of force. Like you're gonna be able to. Anakin's gonna be able to do his thing, and I'm excited to kind of see those two together. You're starting with eight force. You have ways to refresh it. Um, to see what those two can do together. To see what the two big seven point figures can. See if those two together can just really crush the 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 table. I think that could be a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of room for lists like that um we had multiple we had a couple people not playing you know playing like half mandos half galactic republic and stuff like that i think there's a lot of room for those lists in this game and i'm excited to explore that awesome what, what are you excited for so i'm really excited i I'm, i really liked the experience that i had playing galactic republic and i and i want to keep exploring that i've not had a chance to get padawan ahsoka to the table and i think it's probably very plausible to sub her into that list um, probably taking out Cody um, it, as a way to just sort of continue to push the list more towards leaning it towards you know, building up Anakin and enabling what he's able to do. Um, and I think that there's a, a lot of potential there. It's very exciting. I'm excited to see how Galactic Republic kind of gets fleshed out as the next couple of packs come out. I haven't really touched Separatists yet either, but I'm excited to explore those, them as well. So, Yeah, I'm for me, I am... The list I'm excited for is Obi, Annie, Padawan, Ahsoka, and the clones. Uh, the, just the list that Matt was just talking about. I love that Ahsoka, Padawan Ahsoka, is going to enable Anakin especially. 
it just seems like it's going to be bringing a lot of damage and a lot of pressure to the table, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't have a ton of interest in running the droids. I would run the Magma Guards just so I could have... I, I, Dooku, as much as it pains me to say this, is 100% my style of play with games. Just hyper-defensive, the ability to blunt your opponent's uh, strike so that you can then just climb back, climb over the top of them. That's just my jam. Um, but I am really excited to see what they keep doing with the Republic. So, I mean, there's just going to be so much to do, and it, it's going to be really awesome. So yeah, we want to thank everybody. Sorry, go. I was going to say, I'm just going to have to fight against both of these uh, Republic players with my uh, Separatists. There you go. That's exactly <laughs> right. Sam will, Sam will represent the, the, the Rebel faction uh, for this timeline anyway. Um, yeah. we, 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 uh, I will also say that the tournament was so much fun and Shatterpoint is such a fun game. If you played IA, it is, Shatterpoint is not the same as IA. And, and there are very few points I think of, uh, correlation in terms of skill set translating over, or really even how the game feels. I mean, they're just very different kinds of games, but it's so fun to be able to have these Star Wars miniatures on the table, to have Ahsoka dancing around, doing her thing, to have clone troopers, you know, laying down long-range fire. Maul being just a murder machine with his damage is, it's just such a fun game. And if, you, I, if, you're, if you've played the other Star Wars games, if you've played X-Wing, you've played Armada, if you've played Legion... I can see why everybody would be a little salty about getting into the latest Star Wars game, but I will just tell you that if if your concern is fun, what, am I going to have fun with this game? You will have a blast with Shatterpoint. It's and it, even though the the rounds are two hours long, I feel like as we all get better at the game, that's going to come down, and it feels like it's just going so fast because you're you're flipping these Shatterpoint cards. And you're maximizing every decision. There's tons of tension with how the momentum works. It's a very, it's actually a pretty simple game in terms of <laughs> what is happening, what the, what, how the flow feels, but it just feels so dynamic and so fun. So I would encourage everybody, if you're on the fence, check it out and you will just have a ton of fun with it. We want to thank everyone for listening. I, it's so fun to be back podcasting. We are going to have so much fun building this community or helping to build this community. We know that everyone is, um, that other people have been starting podcasts and doing Discord and doing all of that. And we just think that's awesome. It's going to be really fun to get back into a Star Wars miniature game. And we can't wait to have you join us on the Slack. If you need an invite, we will be happy to get that to you. If you are that's listening and want to join the Slack, uh, go to the most recent episode, click on the links there, and you will get you'll get dropped in the Slack. So another thing that we will put in the in the show notes, so Matt will put the, the link in the show notes to the Slack. I will ha also have an article coming out on my store's website, kind of going over the strengths and weaknesses, things that I talked about. So if you want to see, like, read an, an article more about kind of what we talked about, um, we can link that in the show notes too, so you can check that out as well. Yeah, that is awesome. I, I mean, I, I read some notes that Sam had on this, and it, I mean, obviously, Sam just had more time with the game, and time with the game... He, that he has used well in terms of gaining an understanding of what things can do. So that would be that would be a great resource, especially as you're looking to get into the game and you want to know what do I run, what am I going to have fun running. Uh, Sam's Sam's do uh, document can really help you out there. So with all that being said, we will have a link in the show notes for you to join the Slack. We would love for you to join. Uh, you can join our list building channels. We have rules channels general content channels and we 
I, right now, obviously, the game's kind of in its infancy, but we're going to have a lot of fun as it develops talking about it. So we'd encourage you to join in and be a part of the group. And we want to thank everyone for listening. Have an awesome night. See you guys. <laughs>